What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 212 in year five, and I just woke up and I'm sleepy. So um, I yeah, I hit my shoulder on my car door yesterday. I got a little pissed, okay? I was going, I was driving in my neighborhood, and some asshole was tailgating me in my neighborhood. And I'm like, bro, we're in a fucking neighborhood, dude. And I needed to make a turn, and this asshole was not slowing down. Like, so there was cars coming that I couldn't immediately make the turn. Yeah. And like he was still on my fucking ass. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I had to honk at him and shit. So I'm like mad. He like goes around me or whatever. And I'm like, I'm just pissed. And I'm getting out of my car. And I usually just kick my door open and I get out of my car. I guess I didn't kick it hard enough and I wasn't paying attention. So when I get out, like I slam my shoulder into my door like full speed. Fuck. And my shoulder is so sore right now um so yeah i didn't have the best sleep which kind of sucks also didn't win the powerball so that also blows <laughs> dude somebody in our town won the powerball it said nobody won what do you mean dude i Let just got a notification on twitter uh-huh. stating that somebody from a very specific uh i'm uh, looking at it right now it says no jackpot winner unless they haven't updated this Hold on, um, let me double check this because, like I said, yeah, this it... was today at mm-hmm. 8 a.m. Someone who bought a Powerball ticket at a mm-hmm. San Antonio HEB just became a millionaire. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't heard that, I haven't seen that, so um, but would not surprise me because people do buy a lot of a lot of powerball stuff here. Uh Damn. so okay so they didn't hit the exact jackpot. It says here million winning 2 million one. powerball tickets sold at uh so the jackpot was 1.4 billion yeah. but they only won 2 million. So, so I'm they guessing got, they got five a numbers. lot of people probably uh won the total jackpot. Yeah, yeah, you get the five. If you get five numbers, which is crazy, I hit two numbers, so that's four dollars. <laughs> so I'll take it. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, so that's uh, not not like great twenty four hours for me because my like shoulder legit hurts. Uh, but anyways, we do have some Batman topics to get into. Uh, just saw this one on Twitter, comic related uh, and Tom King related. So Tom King haters will not like this, but I believe he's getting another book. And it is going to be Trinity, which is Wonder Woman's daughter is going to be getting her own book. And the cover does have a Damian Wayne Batman on it and Jonathan Kent Superman. So could we be getting what we talked about, uh, you know, a podcast or two ago where you just give us the future books like uh, simultaneously with the other books? I really do hope so. Uh, several other comics uh in image and also in marvel have done this before um and people have been able to tell the difference between the two different timelines um famously of course marvel had the main continuity timeline as well as the ultimate comics timeline back in early 2000s um and then eventually the two merged um you know we talked about very early on uh well not very early on i I think it was actually like two years ago uh when 5g was like a really big talking point and a possibility Mm -hmm. for dc to make a total shift that we didn't necessarily like it but we understood why the conversation was happening in order to like shift some things around get new readers and things like that 
But I think this is a really good middle ground to keep what you have, but to also have a future timeline to get those newer readers with brand new characters and to get people familiar with a universe that isn't so heavily relied on continuity mm-hmm. when you were set, you know, starting in a future and you can start from that point on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just jogged my memory about something I saw on Twitter that I wanted to talk about and I totally didn't. Um, I don't think I'll be able to find her name. So she is the artist that does hack and slash with Tim Seeley or, you know, his. Okay. Book. Yeah. 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 She recently uh, had a word. She had some stuff to say about anime and manga because she doesn't believe uh, comics adopting West, like the West adopting manga style is the way to go, which I thought was very okay. But she said to take elements to do it. And I think we talk about it from a different standpoint. We're talking about how the publishing, you should take the publishing of manga yeah. and do it that way. Uh, where I think she was talking about, I feel like um, she was coming from a standpoint of people should do it exactly like manga. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying the publishing should be re- released like manga, where it's digital yeah. and we just get books or volumes. Um, and I forgot, because uh, some people were saying that she writes like manga or she has manga elements in her stories. And that's what some of the audience was saying. I looked at some of her pages. I didn't really see that, to be honest, personally. Mm-hmm. Still had thought bubbles. She still had, you know, um, inset panels and stuff like that. So I was just like, I don't know where the manga part comes in. I don't know if they meant dialogue wise, maybe. Yeah. Um, but she still had long dialogue, which is something that doesn't really happen in manga. So uh, I don't, I don't know really know. Maybe I just saw the wrong pages, but uh, I thought that was that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, for the future, the future stuff. I I think this is the way to go because I don't. I honestly don't think you can ever get away from Bruce Wayne Batman unless you make like Damian Wayne Batman like super mega epic and everybody's like I just want more Damian Wayne Batman. Yeah. Which that would be like so hard to do. I think you would need it and and at the end of the day, I think it would still be like a a Peter Parker Miles Morales type thing. You know? Yes, I I think so as well. Um when when looking at the different people that have been Batman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have uh, Dick Grayson, we have uh, Damien in famously in, in Batman 666 or deceased, mm-hmm. uh, he becomes Batman. Uh, they have had their own pockets of fandoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I always push on the joke that Dick Grayson is the best Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and people do have their favorites. Uh, you have people who who love Thomas Wayne as Batman. So I think it can be done. We've seen multiple Batman at one time. Um, I think the only difference between something like seeing a Bruce Wayne and seeing a Thomas Wayne and then seeing a Bruce Wayne and a Jace Fox, of course, there's the obvious of the multiverse, mm-hmm. but you need to take into account the history that you've created with the character. Um, Thomas Wayne was very loved because of the idea of what happened in Flashpoint and what brought him into DC's main continuity with the button and everything else. There was an intriguing story there that had you invested in Thomas Wayne's Batman, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas Jace Fox, he kind of just showed up 
and he's like, hey, I'm Batman now. And yeah. people didn't like that. We didn't like that. Yeah. When putting into the idea of like, hey, we're going to have two Batmans and one of them is going to be literally the son of Batman, Damian Wayne. Mm-hmm. We've had so many years of investment for Damian. Mm-hmm. So showing him as Batman and not really getting the initiation, I think we would eventually get that in yeah. that timeline, like a flashback or something and getting that story. So I would be okay with it. I think that is the way to go. Yeah, speaking with the Jace thing, like I think people would be receptive to Damien a lot more as well because since he was a child, he's been groomed for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. At terrible mix of words with child and groom, but like you know what I mean? Like he's been made to be um, you know, he was the, molded. There, there you go. go. That's a better word. Uh, he was made to be the demon's head. Like we all yeah. we all knew that he was gonna take over Rachel Ghoul's spot because Bruce never wanted it, which we still have another story about that that we'll be talking about in comics later in adventures. Yeah. And I think so. I think people will definitely accept Damien, and he's also kind of an asshole. And that's kind of how Batman is, you know. It's it's weird because Damien, well, Damien and Robin, his you know his uh superhero is uh they're both assholes. Whereas Bruce is usually a nice guy, but yeah. Batman's the asshole. And so uh, it's very interesting. With Jace, he just came out and was just like good enough to be Batman. And I think that's where I had a disconnect. And I relate it to the show I've been watching a lot lately is Jujutsu Kaisen, right? I yeah. the characters in there are just too overpowered. And I'm like, what the hell? They're just all good from the start or whatever. I just saw the movie because they have a movie that tells part of the story. Yeah. There's a character. It doesn't involve any of the main characters except for like the teachers like Gojo and stuff. I think that uh, the movie is based off of Jujutsu Kaisen number zero, which is like the prequel. I'm okay. Sure. The main character in there that's named Yuda better than every character in the fucking first two seasons that I've seen. Like genuinely. He's got <laughs> a better story. His origin's better. Like why he's fighting is better. And he just looks better like fighting yeah. wise. And he's better than the main characters. My dog's going crazy. Sorry. Um, But like it was just a better story in a movie. Better than the first two seasons in my opinion. And so, like, it all goes down on how you tell the story. And um, I think we didn't get that with Jace. Like, he just came out of nowhere. But he was like, who the hell is this guy? And then, yeah, he was Batman. He's good enough to be Batman. And nobody questioned him about being Batman, which yeah. is crazy. And I think that's what, like, Batwing didn't even get it quite. Like, he had to, like, get into the family. Like, whoa. Batman's always questioned people who, who wear the bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just have this guy out of nowhere. Because, like, he never sat well with Batwoman wearing the symbol. Like, they butted heads a lot. They're like, you're yeah. not part of this family. Why are you wearing that symbol, you know? So it was just such a weird story. And maybe that's because Ridley didn't read enough Batman. And I think that's a problem with some people, a la Zadarsky, in my opinion, that just do whatever they want when it comes to these stories instead of really researching the character and being like, oh, this character would never do this. You know what I mean? Um because oh my god, I can't believe what they did in 138 was like ridiculous. Um, but anyways, <laughs> going on from that. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's gonna be interesting to get those future stories. Um, but I don't know. We'll move on to uh staying with Tom King. Uh this was something that's a uh, rumored, so grain of salt. Uh 
rumors are that there is going to be a Strange Adventures DCU adaptation. Uh, and of course, the uh, I forget his name. The actor that's playing Mr. Terrific would also be in this movie because if you guys haven't seen, haven't read Strange Adventures, Mr. Terrific is um, a part of that story, a big part of that story, actually. Actually, probably the best part of that story, to be honest. So uh, I don't know awesome. how to pronounce his last name, but it's uh, Edie Gafegi, uh, Mr. Terrific, signed on to reprise his role pre SAG AFTRA strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is what we are seeing uh now the uh source of this is from reddit dceu leaks so remember always take that with a grain of salt mm-hmm. we recently uh i believe had some small thing confirmed i can't remember what it was uh that actually oh the uh the it was the director that we talked about last week uh it was uh 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 uh, 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 uh matthew vaughn matthew vaughn yeah. Uh, we had seen that months ago in DCEU leaks, and it actually became true. But everything mm-hmm. else has not been confirmed yet. Uh, that yeah. we saw with the Matthew Vaughn stuff. So always take Reddit with a grain of salt. Um, and we shall see. Uh, we both loved uh, Strange Adventures. We yeah. thought that uh, with the overall story, with most of Tom King's stories, mm-hmm. you need to see the whole picture you can't just read it you know and and consume it and for us we of course love tom king so Mm -hmm. it was the first thing that we always read every single week that that book came out and so yeah we're very fresh on the story but reading as a whole there's a massive like three plot points that that tom king usually rolls around in all of his stories and it was a really good story um it might be a little intense uh, for some viewers in the future, uh, mm-hmm. some people may think of because Strange Adventures back in the day was just a really fun comic. You know, in the 60s and 70s, that's how most of the Golden Age and Silver Age stories were. They were just yeah. silly, fun stories. Tom King likes to take a little bit of a grittier stance on on most of his stories. So I yeah. think people will be in for a little surprise. Um, but it would be interesting to bring in the character of of course uh adam strange because yeah. you know we need to create a bigger universe than what we had in the dceu yeah i think you know if you're making adam strange a political drama like that's gonna be awesome in my opinion i mean it's just imagine oppenheimer like i don't think you've seen oppenheimer but yet, like no. oppenheimer has like the colored version and then when they're doing the real world like court stuff it's in black and white and so, like, if you were to do something like that with Strange, that would be really cool because yeah. he is being questioned by the news or, you know, he is playing, like, two different sides or whatever. And um, I just don't know how much of that story they would use because there's a lot going on in it and yeah. there's a lot of people in it, too. But at the same time, Gunn seems to be like, oh, yeah, let's have 20 superheroes in one movie because that's what he's doing with Superman. <laughs> It would be very interesting because we saw very much the uh, the very not so subtle allegory of the story of Donald Trump in that. Yeah. Story. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting considering everything that's currently going on in politics um, if they decided to go that route, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, and I mean, Gunn has said story over multiverse, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that would be a very interesting story. But would it end the same way? That's the interesting thing. Ooh. You know? That would they that make- is an interesting question, just for the fact that like you are creating a universe. Like, mm-hmm. I could see it ending the same way because like we saw that correct me if i'm wrong strange didn't die right i think he did i think it was implied it was implied that he died i think it's implied that he. i don't think we see him like at a funeral or anything like that but i believe it's implied that his his wife killed him so that his wife shot him Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i don't know because like clearly gun is not afraid to kill off characters yeah um but in a new universe where you're trying to build a universe, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to kill your quote unquote hero. The he, same movie he, that he's introduced hero in. in that movie. That's the thing. He's I, yes, I understand, yeah. but most people see him as a hero. Yes. I agree. Outside I, of that story. I think if you do Adam strange and you have the same ending that makes people talk. And be like, oh, maybe this DCU is going to be different if we if there's actually stakes in this universe. It, I, I feel like it's going to be very controversial uh, because it's better like, than yes. nobody watching. Correct, correct. <laughs> but it, you will then have the conversation of of people, mostly probably haters of James Gunn, being like, oh, so you're just going to kill off every single hero in every single movie? Like, we're not going to yeah. have any heroes in the DCU anymore. Yeah, it just that's just dumb at this point. Um, but the thing is, like, dude, Gunn has made the like round table of people that get hated on. So like everybody's gonna hate everything. Like there yeah. are people that complain about Christina Hudson, there are people mm-hmm. that complain about Tom King, there are obviously people that complain about James Gunn. Like, he's just put a whole table. I think once the trailers come out, people are gonna be like, Oh damn. Because everybody was talking shit about Aquaman, and since that trailer came out, I don't see much about it. Everybody's like, it looks kind of cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, you're right there. You're right there. So um, I'm interested to see how many people jump onto DC's like writing team, or if mm-hmm. not necessarily writing team, because uh, I I know they have a roundtable pr- for probably just the universe building as a whole and then they choose separate writers for the individual movies i'm more interested to see the collaborations that james gunn is going to do with comic book writers because of course uh tom king is currently the only one Mm -hmm. um he of course did uh collaborate with the suicide squad writers uh for suicide squad um but like i want to see gail simone in there i want to see yeah like I, I want actual creators being involved in these films. Yeah, I think Gail, you bring in Gail Simone for Batgirl for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like we'll we'll see where where it goes. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I, I I'd be down for Strange Adventures. I mean, at this point, I'll take anything. Just give me something DC, and because it, I'm I'm gonna be watching. Doesn't mean anybody else is. So yeah, you got a lot to go on. So, but I just I do feel like there's too much going on in that book to make it happen because could you even have the uh i guess if you wanted to right because because that there's a planet-wide invasion in that book and so i think you would have to take it every time that they talk about the invasion 
it's all in the past. That way you're not showing them invade and having to have this epic, huge battle. It's just little moments of fights throughout the movie. Well, yeah. And I think like you could possibly get away with the invasion on a pure CGI moment type yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, very little detail, wide shots type of thing. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to the invasion on Earth. You see, like, the Batwing. You see mm-hmm. the red blur of Superman. Like, you, you you are getting these small teases of, like, holy crap, this thing was huge. It had the entire Justice League yeah. in there, you know? Um, I think that would be very, very fun. Um, and for the fact that Strange Adventures had a lot of cameos in it, mm-hmm. it did show Superman. It did show... Um, Batman, Batman Mr. Terrific, Green Lantern, The Flash. It had a lot of the Justice League involved in it. Yeah. So I think that if Strange Adventures is down the line when a lot of these characters have already been introduced, mm-hmm. you can use it as a little bit of a cameo fest for the people who are unfamiliar with Adam Strange Yeah. to use those cameos as like a incentive hey come watch this movie it has batman come watch this movie it has superman watch this movie it's basically a justice league movie you know um and i i think it could be in their favor yeah we'll see we'll see i do feel like gun is probably going to go the route of just like we're just going to have superheroes in movies and like it's not going to be a big thing because everybody's already mad. I mean, what was the first thing? That I, I literally said it when, when they announced the cast for Superman. I'm like, just make it a fucking Justice League movie. You know what I mean? I think he's going to just be like, this is a universe with superheroes. Superheroes are going to be in movies. Like, that's just what's going to yeah. happen. Like, okay, fuck it. Because um, I could see them doing big contracts. You know, like, oh, we're giving you a five, you know, appearance contract for X amount of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then maybe they could renegotiate if the movie's bigger. I don't know how those clauses work. I mean, the Writers Guild still, I mean, the Actors Guild still hasn't signed, from my understanding. So, you know, we'll see where, how that all goes. But, uh, yeah, still sticking with James Gunn, uh, James Gunn has confirmed, uh, well, not confirmed, but he has mentioned uh, about continuity in the DCU. And because I believe this was asked on Instagram, where was this, uh, this, this was asked from? on threads and okay. this actually uh is coming from a friend of mine his oh, name nice. is phil he did ask the question and uh gun actually responded to him uh so the actual question from my friend phil let me actually grab that um mm-hmm. it sent me to his actual profile and not the actual uh link itself did he delete it what's going on here um i think dc wasn't it dc home or whatever they they tweeted it out too i think i could be wrong but yeah the uh the question says uh how can the continuity between the past universes and new universes uh be handled considering peacemaker season one is literally in the dceu and uh, James Gunn said, uh, well, his question was, how is it even going to work con- uh, considering uh, season one is smack dab in the DCEU? And he said, uh, you will see in the show. So 
a lot of people are assuming that there is going to be a in-universe reason for there to be this weird continuity like i guess hiccup yeah for the dcu the, the dceu and the dcu mm-hmm. so it's going to be very interesting to see how gun explains it but yeah. i think gun is familiar enough with the source material that it's going to make sense yeah I mean, easiest way to do it is just have Peacemaker act like he knows nothing and then have him meet Psycho Pirate. So, yeah, that would be the easiest way. The mo- and well, the most recent relevant way. I believe, and I'll have to double check. Listeners, you can uh, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Psycho Pirate has been a part of the Suicide Squad before. Yeah, it was probably one run that I definitely didn't read. Because I, I feel like I've seen him on covers before, but I could be wrong. Or I mean, he might have been a villain of it. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I'm down. I mean, I loved Peacemaker. I thought Peacemaker was hilarious. Uh. He, you know, he hasn't. I mean, he also did confirm. I don't know if we talked about this last week. He also confirmed um, Vigilante is coming back, which we've been hinted at. Like you know, we've been saying that he might be in in Justice, not just in Superman, anyways. So. He also confirmed that a majority of the DC projects going forward are going to be filmed in London, which we we heard that they were building the studio there. Yeah. But Superman Legacy is going to be filmed all around the world. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm pretty sure they're going to have Superman jumping and saving people in different parts of the world, which might be kind of cool. Um, but he said their home base is going to be Atlanta. So most of it will be filmed in Atlanta. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. But um, moving on to the next thing that we got is a lot of people are we're kind of confused by this i know uh ethan posted this in um the discord we got a photo from of arthur fleck in joker 2 and a lot of people are like oh october 4th does that mean there's gonna be a trailer no it just meant that the movie comes out in a year because it's scheduled to come out in october um so no there's not gonna be a trailer or anything dropping anytime soon it would be way too early to drop a trailer a year out when we barely got a trailer for Aquaman and that comes out <laughs> in two months, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so just a, a simple, uh, you can tell that they're going to still try to be very cinematic with Joker because this is like four umbrellas covering Arthur in the rain. Like they're all different colors too. So, um, singing in the rain kind of mm-hmm. vibes is, is, is kind of the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah uh so like i said man this is probably the one movie that i'm the most intrigued to watch because i want to see how they do it you know because i know some people are automatically going to hate it because it's going to be a musical but i said this from the start you can't top joker one so you're gonna have to do something drastically different to even try to get on the same level and i think doing a musical that could be maybe super violent or stuff well might be pretty interesting um and then if they, for whatever chance, if this, if this, you know, you know, how Hollywood follows trends, like what if there are a bunch of other violent, crazy musicals out there? And then maybe those get movies because Hollywood's like, yeah, people like musicals. And I'm like, people like Joker, <laughs> but you know, you, you give people jobs. I'm down with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like, that'll be, be very interesting, but yeah, that's all it was, you know, for anybody that saw that photo. I mean, nothing wasn't anything super like crazy to talk about. It was just Arthur Fleck in the ring. That was basically it. So 
Probably going to be a musical number or something along those lines. But yeah, that does not come out for a year. And also for the people that are waiting for the Batman, that also comes out in two years. So, you know, we'll have Joker, Batman back to back uh, years. Um, But I mean, depending on what they're doing with the Batman, I don't care. So, you know, Um, there'll probably be a different Falcone in that movie, too. So we'll we'll see what happens. But that is all we have for, um, you know, kind of our topics today. I mean, I actually did not pull up the YouTube. So I don't know if you have that pulled up, Clay, if you want to read the first question. Yeah, I, I do have up. it pulled up here. Uh, starting with our first question is uh, from Nathan. Which of these Batman Newsweekly rogues would you rather face off against? The first one being... Mad Doxer, chronically online troll who doxes when he hates uh when he hates a take and can't win an argument. <laughs> All right. Uh the 2024 Stalker fan, a Texan who's obsessed with the podcast and will go to villainous links to marry the her idols. And then Spider-Man Newsweekly, idea stealing clickbaiters who uh, trash talk and ran- randomly report Batman News Weekly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that last yeah. part there. <laughs> uh, Moncray says, uh, third road could end the channel. The others just call GCPD. Well, technically, Spider Man News Weekly, here's the thing. If Spider Man News Weekly randomly reported us, YouTube actually has things in, in uh, place. To where if you can prove that they are falsely reporting stuff, their channel gets deleted. So yeah, this is this isn't Twitter. This isn't like yeah. Facebook or anything where they're just gonna be like, oh, you reported them, we'll take it down. Like yeah, they, yeah, they don't bat an eyelash at these you, things. You you would make it annoying for a bit because I've been a part of this before. My job, we had a moment when we got you know copyright striked and stuff. Um, but you know, you unfortunately have to go through some, you know trials and tribulations to make it happen but yeah if they prove that you're falsely reporting stuff they will delete your youtube channel and so like you know that is just something that that youtube has set in place and uh it also goes to the point where like it gets like into like legal matters and stuff too so like you can really fuck yourself by falsely reporting people um so i mean we'd be able to fight against spider-man news weekly now the stalker fan are they hot like that's the, that's the something I want to ask. <laughs> See, here's here's the problem that I've noticed a lot with with Juice, uh, especially when he uh, has story times in his yeah. uh, live streams. Uh, Juice is the type of person that will clearly go after hot and crazy. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm attracted to it, man. Like it's well, it's it's weird. Not necessarily attracted to like physically. It's like it connects me like a magnet. like because here's the thing hot and crazy always starts out really nice always always seem like just a sweet girl just super nice into the things i like and then the crazy comes out juice are you the type of person and please tell me you're not that you're like midway through you're like oh i can fix her i can fix her okay so i did when i was young now i don't give a shit like now i will (laughs) tell i will tell somebody to go fuck off because back when I when I dated this chick for five years, I've always been a sober person, never drank, never done drugs or anything like that. This person I was dating did do drugs, but I was like, oh, I can keep her away from that and we'll be fine. You don't know shit at 18. You don't know mm. shit at 18. You're an idiot. I don't think anybody really makes adult decisions until they're 25. 
So yeah. like I was an idiot the whole fucking time. And I was like, oh yeah. And it's also, it's all like, dude, when you're young and you start hooking up, you're just like, yeah, it's all that matters. It's all, hey, I'm still getting some, I'm good. You know, it don't matter. I'll do the crazy. <laughs> and then now I'm older. I'm like, I don't got fucking time for that, dude. I'm trying to do so much shit. I don't have time for crazy. And so like, if I don't click with somebody, I'm like, I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done. But yeah. You know, I like to I like to mess around and say like, are they hot? Because I will, you know, pretty girls make me go into dumb dumb mode. So, um, <laughs> it is it is very possible. But uh, but Clay's already married, so like, it doesn't help Clay. It would be annoying for Clay. I'd be like, oh, you want to go get some pizza? You know. So like, but granted, no, we don't need any stalkers. But I'm just saying, if she's hot, I'd be like, I would. Do, I don't know if this is a real thing, but have you heard that story about Robert Pattinson stalker? Like apparently he had a stalker that was like st- this woman that was stalking him for a long time, and then he took her out for a dinner or whatever, and he just talked about himself the whole time, like to be really annoying, and then she never stalked him again. That's a rumored story that happened. If so, it's like, true, that's genius. Like, yeah, to absolutely turn her off to him. Yeah, is absolute genius. It's like, hey, you're obsessed with me, but just so you know, I'm the worst human being ever. Yeah, and just keep going on. That's amazing. Yeah, so smart if it is a, a true, true story. Um, I think Mad Doxer would probably be the most annoying one, to be honest. Um, because one, obviously they can't win an argument, and they would get mad at probably all of our takes. Yeah. So uh, it would, I think Mad Doxer would be definitely the worst. The other two, not. I mean, nobody wants to be stalked, for sure. But um, Spider-Man News Weekly, I don't, you know, much like Spider-Man, I think Batman takes him out. So uh, moving on to the next one, we got Eduardo de la Cruz. Uh, Batman, hey, Bane, rips off clothes. Rematch, bitch. Uh, let's see who would win. Mr. Bloom versus Carnage. Batman versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. Clayface versus the Spot. I like I... the first one. Do Mr. you think Bloom, Bloom versus Carnage? I mean, I, my brain automatically goes to Carnage annihilates him but what what do you think mr bloom how does he put up a fight well i i I like the matchup just for the spookiness of course this is october the spooky season uh so good on uh eduardo for for picking that uh for our first uh matchup here um i agree with you i -hmm. think carnage annihilates mr bloom um if you guys haven't read uh I, was it complete carnage with uh donny cates mm-hmm. i highly recommend it most terrifying carnage i have ever seen in comics uh yeah carnage wins 100 yeah now the next one is very controversial because if we're going off of comics i think a lot of people are like batman doesn't beat guardians there's no way but do you th- uh, so taking batman and guardians separating them you'd have to ask do you think the Justice League can beat the Guardians of the Galaxy? Because if you do, Batman's beaten the Justice League. So yeah, like again, you have to remember, uh, in in most of these conversations that we that we have, especially the who would win conversations, mm-hmm. we take as Batman is meeting them for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, no prep time and everything else. But we've had this conversation before. Batman is quick on his feet. Yeah, he takes into consideration his surrounding, his environment, the people that he's facing, and everything else. He looks at the guardians. He looks at the massive Drax. He looks at the slender but quick 
Gamora. He looks at the tree Groot raccoon mm. freaking rocket. And then, of course, uh, uh, Star-Lord. He's looking at these people and he's already thinking, OK, how do I take these people down? Yeah. Groot, he's like, OK, some sort of fire, something that is going to deter Groot to, to not get too close to him and things like that. I think Batman wins this. Yeah. I mean, he beats Quill. No problem. Yeah. I think. Um, Rocket... And if we're talking about MCU guardians, they're all idiots. And, yeah, true. And recently in comics, they've started to become more and more like the MCU type characters. Mm. So they're only lowering an IQ. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Batman wins overall. Yeah, I think the worst thing that comes out of that fight is Batman gets in trouble with PETA for fighting a raccoon. You know, that's the only problem. <laughs> he gets the bad press. Um, other than that, I think, well, hey, probably, I guess, people that are the, you know, climate change burning a tree down. So that would probably be so. He, I think, you know, the press is worse than the fight for, for Batman there. So, yeah. Uh, um, so going on from that, I would say Batman wins that. Clayface versus a spot. Now, this feels like a never-ending battle because yeah. Spot would make him like go into one spot and Clayface would come out of another spot and like they just feel I feel like they would never touch each other. Yeah, it was it would just be an endless loop of yeah. of portals. Um this is I I think this is just a standstill. Yeah. So, I mean, unless like cuz I guess the Spot technically has a physical body somewhere right yeah so i would think clayface would have to separate some of himself to try to find the physical body while he's jumping through the other spots and then i don't know how if he could easily get himself back i don't know so my thing is so in between because you said he has a physical body yeah in between the portals on his suit could clayface still constrict him in between the portals like could he still like grab him everywhere else hmm yeah i don't know and like how would you is is the space in between the portals like if it is a physical body can you hurt that part because can he go into like a clay spike and just like uh like right into his body you know what i mean i don't know like I, because, I don't know I don't know too much about the spot to to really be able to to answer questions like that. Because it sounded I mean, because in the movie it looked like you know Miles was able to punch him. So he's gotta yeah. have some kind of physical body. So I'm wondering if Clayface could actually hurt him. And is his like brain in the same place a brain normally would be? You know? Could you just spike him through the brain? Like, I would weird. assume so. Like, like you said, he does have. Well, I again, I don't know too much about Spot in comics. Mm -hmm. Um, in the movie of uh, Beyond the Spider Verse, uh, or wait, was it Beyond the Spider Verse? This one, Beyond was? the Spider Verse, is the next one. I think is the next one. Yeah. yeah. Well, this across one, the Spider Verse, across the Spider Verse, it was like a mutation with the science experiment that went wrong. Yeah. Uh, so his whole body changed so mm -hmm. he didn't really have it's not like it's a costume yeah whereas in comics i don't know if it's a costume or if he also was like a bad science experiment yeah you know? yeah i don't know i think we don't have enough information to say this so we'll just say it's going to be an infinite battle 
because I think if he does have a physical body, you can hurt. I think Clayface could come up with something to beat him. Um, because from what we've seen, at least just according to the movie, Spot is not super physical. I mean, it looks like he was getting super powerful at the end of the movie. Um, but we don't know where that's going to go. So, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll say standstill right now. Uh, anyways, moving on to the next one. Uh, Jason Todd says, is Jason Todd doomed to stay in the same cycle in comics? On one hand, he cannot fully become a villain since he will always uh, he's always going to re- be redeemed. And on the other hand, he cannot be a hero because he still kills with guns. Or is there a whole point of his character and I'm missing it? No, I we will have this conversation later. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, we'll talk about it later for sure. Um, but I would agree that he's stuck in a cycle. So, yeah. And, and it's kind of hard to get him out of that cycle mm-hmm. without giving him a complete revamp of a character. Um, yeah. And I do think that his story is unique. Um, it's one of the most unique stories within the bat family um which puts him in a very funny position to where like like you said uh the the cycle just keeps on going on to where he Mm -hmm. doesn't really have a lot of character development his character development is more so with his emotional state rather than his actual like progression of a character Mm -hmm. um which can you know be a little boring sometimes yeah um I think for us, we really do want him to be a villain um, just for the sake that he does have really bad morals and Mm -hmm. questions Batman all the time. And, you know, at one point, he didn't give a shit about anybody, you know? Uh, And it's hard to go back from that. So I think for what would make things interesting for me personally is if he just said, fuck it and became a villain and Batman's way of fixing him or Mm. rehabilitating him is throw him to the hounds, which would be Amanda Waller. Yeah. 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 I've always said that that story should be made. And I think, you know, Azarello heard that when he was listening to the podcast because he did the story, didn't do it well, in my opinion. Um, did that story finish? It did. That. It did. It did yeah, right? yeah. I think it ended with like Harley having a gun to Joker or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it was implied that he killed her, but it never showed it. Yeah. Yeah. Are we getting that confused with the Birds of Prey one? Cause, no, like, no, no, no. As... There, there, there was two different stories. OK. The exact same. Um. Yeah, that was, that was so weird. I, you know, we'll talk about it again later, but I, I do think he just needs to become a villain because there's, he's just not, I don't, he, he's not redeemable, man. Like, he's the, he's the co-worker that never gets fired when they deserve to be fired. And everybody hates that co-worker. Yeah. So that's what Red Hood is, you know what I mean? And like, the... I think this story is a little too weird that nobody else in the Bat family gets mad at Jason as much. Like, everybody's just kind of like, that's Jason. It's like, no, dude, y'all should be beating his ass. And that's a little bit of the problem because, of course, what we are reading in this Gotham War thing, Mm -hmm. you know, Damien and Batman are getting so pissed off at the rest of the Bat family for what 
Catwoman is trying to do, where Jason Todd has been doing that for years. Yeah. And they haven't done anything to him. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. We'll definitely dive more into it, but I, I would agree, Jason Todd, he is stuck in a uh, cycle. We got Drew that says, uh, saw some scans of the next Batman on Reddit, which I believe is the one we're talking about today. Uh, Chip's got to go ASAP. Question, who would you replace him with long ter- uh, for a long-term Batman run? The writer is not allowed to deconstruct Batman. Um, I'm assuming kind of like a king kind of thing, not able to do something like that, where yeah. he revamps him. Um, I, right now, the top people I'm going with is Collins and um, I always forget the other guy's name. Lansing. Uh, Lansing. Colin and Lansing. I mean, they've already showed that they can make Batman Beyond amazing. They added to the character of Batman Beyond already uh, in the short amount of time that they've had the character. And they've made Clayface a badass in one issue. So, yeah. like, I think they they know how to write Batman. They know how to handle it very well. And I would I would see them on a run for sure. And I think it might be better to have two people on a run than one person. Um, because it seems like they're having... Uh, I don't know. I feel like everybody that's taking on Batman right now is just not doing well. So, yeah. And they're also got their heads in their asses in other projects. And it's all like, dude, stop hiring people that are working on other shit right now. Like, just get somebody that's focusing just on Batman because it's showing in the storytelling. So, yeah, for sure. That's that's who I would go with. I don't know who you'd pick. Uh, uh, they're one of my top picks. We've always said uh, we want to give Cami Garcia a yeah. run on Batman, um, whether that be in the main title or at least a uh limited series within the main continuity just to see what she can do uh she did great with the uh uh joker harley uh criminal insanity uh Mm. that was a very fun book for us um other writers that i think could do something better to progress batman rather than deconstruct um might be controversial, but I think enough time has passed since uh, he has written Batman solely. Um, Jeff Johns. That would be interesting. Although I will say I do not like his Batman run, like Batman Year One or Batman. Year one, yeah. Uh, is it Year One or ba- uh, World Earth One? Earth, Earth one. one. I don't like that story. So, um, but if he's not doing that, because he's supposed to be coming out with volume five or some shit. I don't know what it is. We heard about that. Also, what happened to Joker 2? Whatever happened to that? Three oh, Jokers yeah. 2 or whatever? Yeah. Um, so I don't know about any of that. Uh, but I would uh I am I'm I'm down for Jeff Johns anything, but I just don't like that particular Batman story. So uh, but I'd be down. I'm always down for a Jeff Johns story. Uh going on to the next question, we got Moncray. What would someone need if they would if they wanted to be the third podcast host asking for a friend? So I don't know <laughs> if you've ever thought about this, Clay. So in a dream world, I don't think we ever have a third podcast, but we have a research guy. Like if we were filming in person, we'd have a research person that's like, if we're talking about shit, they can fact check for us. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh, can you look that up? So we're not having to do it. And we can just keep the conversation flowing. And then they can chime in and be like, well, according to this article, you know, you have that guy. If yeah. you're if you're a Rogan listener, it would be like a Jamie or like something like that. Um, you just have the research person because then they kind of become a personality over time. Um, but I am somebody who, unless it's a video podcast, I hate multiple, multiple hosts. Yes. Like, so 
I, I will I will jump in and say, of course, I'm a part of a network of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, one of us will jump on to another show as a guest and talk about certain things because either one of us is a big fan of a character that showed up on a show that another one is covering or they've left the door open to review a show uh, that is coming out uh, and things like that. And then, of course, once a month, we have a crossover where it's all of the hosts hanging out for at least an hour and a half, two hours, shooting the shit. Those can be so annoying because mm. there's just everybody talking at once that yeah. like we're, we're trying to keep it formulated and, and everything else. It gets a little hectic podcast with three or more hosts gets complicated. And that's yeah. why I do agree with you there. The ones with the third person who does chime in every once in a while do mm-hmm. have a little bit of a personality. I do like uh, Michael Rosenbaum's and uh, Tom Welling's uh, Smallville podcast. They do have a third person that kind of mm-hmm. chimes in every once in a while. It is their producer. Um, and I've seen a lot of other podcasts do the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and and I like those. Uh, but yeah, third host will never happen here at Batman News Weekly. Yeah, the 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 problem like video podcasts are are better because you see the reactions of everybody and they kind of know the cues of like, all right, let me say something or whatever. And if they talk over each other, you have the ability to focus on the guy that's telling the main story and drown out the other people. Exactly. So like yeah. you have that ability. Whereas I, it's one of the reasons why I've said I hate uh, webcam stuff and we just won't have that as a video podcast because I don't think it looks as clean. And if you have multiple random squares of people on a screen, it just looks really shitty because everybody's smaller. Everybody is like not the camera qualities are all different. Like The camera quality is all different. Look- and there's no specific way to focus in on a speaker. Yeah. Uh, I, I see some podcasts that use Zoom and they mm-hmm. have that horrible setting of like, oh, change the camera to whoever's talking. Yeah. And then when multiple people are talking, it like flashes really yeah. quick. It's just so annoying. Like it, yeah. it, it, there's nothing that really works with webcam podcasts with multiple speakers. Yeah. And the, the biggest problem with people that do have like three or more people on a podcast is there are people that want to be the star. And everybody thinks they deserve to be the star. They're the protagonist. They are the main character of this story. And other people don't know how to be support or anything like that. Like yeah. me and Clay, I think have we, you know, we've been friends for a long time. We both bring something to the podcast. Clay has a lot of knowledge outside of Batman that he can chime into. He usually gets all the topics and everything for the podcast. We work well off of each other. But in other podcasts, there's always somebody pulling more weight, especially when there's three people. Somebody's pulling like 50% of the weight while the other two people are doing like 25, 25. And there becomes some resentment there. And it's just too much. And then when you add more people, you add more people to disappoint you. And that's the (laughs) biggest thing. Because if you have one asshole that doesn't show up on time, it's like, well, now the other guy's got to wait around for his ass. And it's just too much. And so that's why I think unless it's a video podcast, you shouldn't have more than two hosts, in my opinion. You can have a, a, a research guy or research girl that chimes in every once in a while, and you can ask questions too. Because I think that's a nice thing to be able to do is be like, yo, Johnny, like, what do you think about this? You know, and they chime in. 
Um, but not somebody that like you don't need Johnny's fucking opinion on every single thing. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I don't I don't think there would ever be a third podcast host on here. I think we will do guests eventually, but that would be. I mean, we're not going to just get random people to be on the podcast. Like, you know what I mean? We won't have a guest until Tom King's the first guest on this podcast. He has to be the first guest, in my opinion. Until then, we don't have a guest. So, um, but moving on from that, we got Alexis Barretta. What no longer used character should be used more often? The Grey Ghost, Harold Allnut, uh, Ellen Yin, uh, Ethan Burnett, Silver Scent Cloud, uh, out of those four. So... Uh, I'm not gonna. I am definitely uh, blanking on the two middle ones. I know Silverstein Cloud and I know Grey Ghost. I'm uh, looking Harold? up Harold uh, All Nut real quick because it didn't ring any bells for me. Yeah. So let's see. See, this is where you need a research guy at this point. I uh, don't think I've ever seen this character before. Like at so all. So he is. He is the engineer and resident mechanic of the Batcave. Okay, so this is interesting because I have read some stories of a Batman mechanic, but I never knew the person's name. Um, and the first like photo they have of him, he looks like um, what's the guy that has to do the dance in the Goonies, the little chubby kid? Oh, um, <laughs> I know he, he looks like him. About- um he has like a weird name i forget his name is it chunks is that what they call him yeah yeah it looks like chunks if that's his name but uh yeah no i well here's the interesting thing i always thought the mechanic was black because of the animated series well not only that i feel like they've kind of retconned this for the Mm -hmm. fact of lucius fox yeah yeah. He's become the engineer mm-hmm. for Batman. Yeah. So for sure. I, I don't think a mechanic, uh, and especially an engineer for the Batcave, is is really needed anymore. Yeah. So I, I unfortunately think that he is null and void in this conversation. Um, but uh Ellen Yin and Ethan Bennett, that is another uh characters I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, I were they detectives? I think they were in The Batman. So I think they're the detectives in The Batman. I never oh, watched that show. Oh, yes. Yes, so so Ethan Bennett, he actually uh in The Batman, the 2004 animated series. Mm-hmm. Um he was actually one of my favorite characters oh, nice. because he became Clayface. Oh. Oh, interesting. He became Clayface, and the really cool thing about the relationship with Ethan Bennett and Bruce Wayne is they were childhood friends, mm. and so the dynamic between the two was Ethan grew up to be a police officer, a detective, whereas mm. Bruce Wayne grew up to be Batman. So there was somebody working within the law and somebody working without, uh, uh, uh outside the law, mm-hmm. and then eventually, when Ethan became Clayface he eventually found out the identity of Batman being Bruce Wayne. Mm. So it like divided them, but brought them together and like did some other things with the storyline. It was very fun. Mm. Um, Ethan Bennett has also been featured in, um, if you watch the anthology animated uh, movie, uh, I believe it's uh, uh, Gotham Knight. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget he, what it's called. 
he was featured in one story there. Um, I think having for 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 DC comics wise, um, we don't have a lot of cop figures anymore. Yeah, we see, um, of course, uh, oh shoot, um, 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 Gordon or Gordon. No, of course we see Gordon. We have uh, Sawyer. Well, She's Sawyer one. is is in uh, Bloodhaven right now. Yeah, uh, Maggie Sawyer is in Bloodhaven, uh, which is originally a uh, she Metropolis was a Superman character. Yeah, she's a Metropolis Superman character. Um, we have Bullock. Uh, who? Bullock. Bullock. He retired. Yeah. Due to the fact of everything that happened in the Joker oh, yeah. War stuff, yeah, true, true. Uh, and then we have uh, the new commissioner, uh, of course. What's her name? Who was uh, the question at at some point? Um, um, Montoya. Montoya. Yeah. I think the most we've had uh, was in Gotham Central. Was when we yeah. had a whole cast of police officers. I think we should get back to that. Yeah. Um, having some a little bit more supporting characters because as of right now the only supporting characters within Batman is the other bat family members which mm-hmm. is okay but it can get a little overwhelming at times and it gets redundant it's just nightwing 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 yeah Tim Drake Tim Drake Tim Drake Damien 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 like you're not bringing anybody new into the story mm-hmm. and i think giving more names and faces to the book of Batman and even detective comics, I think could make things interesting. Yeah. You can get more relationships out of it and you as a reader can get invested into these characters. So that way, if anything happens to these characters, you're like, Holy Mm -hmm. shit. You know, I think they need more characters like Ethan Bennett. And of course, uh, um, uh, Ellen Yin. Yeah. Uh, I'd be down for more uh, detective cop characters that are because like there's got to be characters that like I want characters. And I mentioned this a while back that we need like a photographer reporter in there that just wants to report on Batman, but doesn't want to work with Batman. You know what I mean? Like just he's like, look, man, I want to stay impartial because like I'm just here to report the news to keep the factual stuff. And like there needs to be cops like that, too. Like, because Gordon is more on the side of Batman. Like, he'll do shit that's like, oh, I shouldn't be letting you do this. But there need to be some cops that are like, look, man, I know what good you do, but I need to work on my end. I need to clean up from the inside. You know what I mean? Kind of stuff like that. And so I'd be down with that. Um, And now that I think about the reporter thing, I want to say there was at least a short story. I don't know if it was in black and white or one of the anthology books where there was a photographer at some point that was taking photos of Batman. And I feel like, I vaguely remember it, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but it was just a side story where there's all these different kind of characters made up. Um, and then that's all the questions we have. We do have one. Uh, I did post this at, from the Batman News Weekly um, page last week that we missed a few books that we are going to be covering this week. And um, Clay said, what books did you miss? Uh, the books that we missed were Red Hood, Gotham War uh we missed the penguin and we missed brave and the bold um, number five brave and the bold number five. Oh my god we have a bunch of books to talk about. and then uh 
And then it says, I'm starting to get back into the comic scene. I want to know if you guys are going to cover Godzilla Justice League book. Yes, it has Batman in it. So Yeah, it has Batman. Uh, we we try to cover anything and everything that does have Batman. Yeah. Um, since we will Batman drop it is after. A, yeah. No, go well, I was going to say, because Batman is a predominant character within the Justice League, we are going to cover that. Uh, yeah. We don't cover... Uh, the Justice League book right now because there is no Justice League book um, yeah. currently in DC Comics. Um, and I believe there is one question that did pop up in the Discord while we were oh, okay. uh, answering these. It comes from King. They ask, uh, did the Flash actually reset anything? Because it doesn't seem like it. Well, it doesn't well, seem mean, like it because nothing has happened yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Gunn just said that you'll have to wait and see. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it's gonna, there's gonna be new faces. So they have to do the reset stuff. But in reality, did it do it? Well, and you're also not gonna see anything different because the movies that are coming out were made before The Flash was done. So, or like made as The Flash was being done. So you're not gonna see anything different until Creature Commandos. Yeah. So you have to wait and see. You won't, you won't see anything until next year. But according to Gunn, things have changed. So um, we'll we'll see. Will there still be Ezra Miller Flash? I doubt it. Uh, will we still have Jason Momoa? I think Jason Momoa stays on as Aquaman if that movie makes money. I'm just saying that. Uh, and I think that just royally fucks their, their... Unless they shoot another scene to where it changes it up and he's no longer Aquaman. Yeah, we'll we'll see for sure. I I don't know how I feel about Aquaman yet. It looks good, but yeah. there's just way too much fuel to the fire that it's not a good movie. Yeah, I I just want to see for myself. I just want to know is is it not good because people think it's like trying to be funny? Like nobody's giving specifics. Obviously they can't. But yeah. like you think somebody would have said something by now um either way moving on to comics ladies and gentlemen we have a few we are going to cover last week's comics first and then we're going to cover this week's and um i have to say out of last week's the only book i liked was penguin uh i will have to agree the last week's of course like we said was the uh Batman, Catwoman, Red Hood, Gotham War story, mm -hmm. Brave and the Bold, and the Penguin. Uh, Brave and the Bold, the of course, uh, continuing the Tom King story. Yeah, didn't really hit me uh, as much as I wanted it to. No, the uh, end but, story though. Did you read the end story? The uh, the black and white story with yes. uh, Fornes. Yes, yes, love that story. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I do have to agree. Uh, the Penguin was the highlight of these three books. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll get into that conversation when we get to it. Yeah. Which one do you want to cover first? Though? Let's start off with uh, the Batman. I mean, the Brave and the Bold, man. Because I've said this from the start. You know, people are usually like, oh, Juice never says anything bad about Don King. But... I have said from the start of this, like him, Tom King saying this was the first encounter between Batman and Joker. You set my expectations high because yeah. you need to deliver like this needs to be an amazing story. And I don't think King's done that. Um, he did some weird. 
I mean, visually, did Joker crawl into a porter potty into the shitter I and try to kill did. somebody? Right? I think he did. I didn't think that's what happened at first, but then when I double checked, Joker contortioned himself into a porta potty and then killed somebody who sat on the shitter. Yeah. I was just like, why? That's so why? Weird. Yeah. Why didn't he just hide? Because the porta potties are connected, if I'm not mistaken. Why not hide in one porta potty and kill him while he's on the shitter? Like from the yeah. other porter potty, you know what I mean? Um, it's really weird. I don't understand. Like, like I under I understand the idea that Joker is just an odd individual. Yes, this was weird. But yeah, um, it it's just it's odd. It's an odd yeah. choice for sure. Yeah, I feel like this is the first time I've read a King story, and it's been like multiple misses. You know what I mean? Because, like, we have Joker crawling into a porter potty and waiting for this guy to, one, this guy looks like he's about to have explosive diarrhea. So it looks like Joker's going to literally get shit on. Yeah. Um, unless, like, he automatically pops out and is like, hello, and kills him. Uh, I don't. And also, I'm assuming, I think they talk about it in the story, but they're just all random killings. Like, there's not yes. anything significant about him. So it doesn't matter that it was just a random guy or like, oh, how did Joker know it's going to be that guy? These are all random killings. So it doesn't matter. We have a conversation between um, Gordon and his cop friend, and he's like talking about like the the job and whatnot. By the way, do you notice that he kind this cop kind of looks like the cop from the Batman? Yep, the, I yeah. noticed it immediately. Yeah. So there's that. Then we have this moment between Alfred and Bruce, and I didn't I like hated this. this. Yeah, where Bruce is just kind of. You know, he's having a, a back and forth with um, with Alfred. And, you know, he's, like, really mad. He's like, I'm done resting. People are dying. I got to get out of there. Then he tries to take a swing at Alfred, and he breaks the clock. So he's the one that breaks the clock. Um, He's the one that breaks the, breaks the clock. But, like, this whole thing, like, taking a swing at Alfred, like, yeah. it was unnecessary. Yeah. Like, it... it I understand, like, Batman being frustrated with the fact that, you know, Joker is getting away with these murders. This is still early on in his career and everything else. But, like, we've seen in multiple stories mm -hmm. that Alfred has always been Bruce's rock. Yeah. And there's no reason for them to legitimately, like, for him to legitimately say... Hey, I'm going to break your face if I can't be Batman tonight. Yeah. Like, that's just yeah. stupid in my opinion. And it, it's really weird that King is going this route because, like, I don't know if King's like, oh, I got to add on to essentially, like, year one. Like, you know, because it's probably when you meet Joker for the first time, right? He, We yeah. know King loves uh, Frank Miller, but even Frank Miller didn't have Batman doing this to Alfred. You know what I mean? So it's really weird. Now, I can understand coming from the idea that, you know, Batman's angry. He's been bested by somebody probably for the first time, you know, um, in this in this um, style, at least. Yeah. And we know that Batman was kind of cocky when he was fighting Joker before he got thrown out of a window. And so, yeah, there's this again, like, so that happens. 
And then Batman still goes out to be Batman. He goes and talks to Gordon and he's all like the patterns are broken and yada, yada. And he's just trying to like be the detective. Right. And then he falls over and Gordon's like, Oh, Batman, are you okay? And then he gets his walkie talkie that he just has on his belt. And he's like, yo, uh, your man's down. Like, what do you do? And this is when we find out that the car can drive itself, you know? Um, so cool little moment, I guess. A lot of um, dialogue boxes here for like tic tac or or paddywhack, you know, give a dog a bone kind of thing. Yeah, Joker just killing people visually. You know, the book itself looks great. You know, Mister R is doing some really good work here. Then there's this moment between Batman and Alfred again, where he needs Alfred to beat the shit out of him. This okay, so I hate this because it's like. We've all had these moments as like, like, I don't know if we've all had these moments, Mm -hmm. but like I've had these moments before when I was a lot younger and stupid of like, I just feel like I need to have the shit beaten out of me because I've made so many wrong decisions. Um, I've never had that. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I've slapped myself if I did a dumb decision. I've done that. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's just beat the shit out of me. uh, There was a moment. I think I was like. 18 or 19 mm-hmm. um it involved a girl i was really stupid oh, okay. uh and my friends were like oh i have the perfect idea i'll zip tie your hands behind your back and then i'll beat the shit out of you with put with uh boxing gloves and i was like that's a perfect idea um <laughs> and it was stupid um, oh my god if tiktok existed back then <laughs> oh my god and that's what this kind of reminded me of and Batman is just being stupid. I don't understand this whatsoever because yeah. it goes from this into, of course, the final scene where uh, Joker is basically committing one of his final murders of the story. And essentially, Batman gets the like the shit beat out of him so much that he finally figures out the joke, which yeah. is the random killings are the joke. Is mm-hmm. basically Batman can't stop him no matter what he does. Yeah. Uh, and we end up finding out that it's the chief of police that is the next target. And Joker then, after killing him, kills another individual, which I, uh, it's the Drake residence. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think this is one of the uh, more like richer families of, of Gotham. Yeah, and Joker is uh, doubling as the chief of police. He put on some makeup and and a fake mustache and everything, and and ends up killing this elderly man. And that's how the book ends. Yeah. Um, and it's it's for the fact that like Joker got away with it. Police are are chasing him and whatnot. And well, we'll Batman's see chasing how, him at the very end. At the very end, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll see how this ends. But like I. I don't know if I can 100% say that I'm invested in this. No, I don't care. I I can I will say that with my whole chest, as they say. Um, this is the one, in my opinion, rare king miss, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to have it. And it just sucks that his miss, because, like, granted, I have said this about Danger Street. I'm not, like, super excited about Danger Street because there's so much going on. And I feel like I just need to get that in a volume and sit down and read it in one go, right? Um, 
but like this one, I don't think there's been moments in this book that I'm just like, that was fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where in Danger Street has had that. Danger Street has had some cool moments. And so I am just really, really shocked here. And maybe I'm judging this one a little harsher than I normally am because I have my own Batman meets Joker for the first time story. Um, or if I just always thought like, maybe this is one of those things people shouldn't touch unless you do have the best story available. And I think my biggest problem is, and I, I think this would be one of my knocks on King is he kept Joker. He just keeps him a psychopath and he's not really that funny. And I think it's because his, his Joker is so dark that even when he tries to do the funny stuff, it doesn't really come across as funny. Now, I will say, I think it was in issue one or two, there was a joke or two that I laughed at that he actually yeah. wrote out. But that's basically it. Like, crazy Joker. And I know this has been a uh, – Gail Simone has said this too. She's like, people forget that Joker is supposed to be silly. Like, yes, he's yeah. psychotic, but, like, nobody does the silly part of Joker anymore. And that's the Joker I love. I, animated and, series and Joker. I, I feel like that's the Joker that I miss. Um, yeah. So many people have leaned to uh, – and I'm not going to say it's an issue that Frank Miller created, mm-hmm. but it's since Frank Miller's revamping of the character of Batman, making him a lot darker, I think a lot of people have since then been like, well, Batman doesn't need silly villains. Yeah, He's a dark character, so he needs dark villains. And I genuinely think somebody who is so silly that they are insane is so much more darker than somebody who just wants to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I think if you add... It's, it adds this weird contrast. Like, killers are killers, right? Everybody everybody hates them. But, like, Joker is like a child. Yeah. And you're just like, that's scary. You know, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say it here right now because there is a uh, Batman News Weekly video that I'm planning out mm-hmm. uh, dealing with the Joker and some of his more silly points um, yeah. that uh, was just kind of revealed to me uh, earlier this week, and I'm like, oh, that would be a really cool video. Um, yeah, I just, I, I look back at some of the comics uh, that I've been researching on, and Joker was silly like Mm -hmm. i understand some people of this modern age could see like some of the flower acid tricks and like the banana peels and the very classic funny skits to be a little cringeworthy but like it has been so long since we've Mm -hmm. gotten any of that i think it would be a breath of fresh air yeah well i mean and you can still do psychotic and funny John Carpenter nailed it. Yeah. We'll always reference that. (laughs) You know? The dog's got got a gun. It's never, like, we're always going to bring that up because it was such a good Joker story. But let's not forget the Joker story that was in, uh, what were they, the series was Gotham Knights? When he was playing the game uh, show. Babushka. Babushka, yeah. When he was telling everybody they had to say that word to get money or whatever. And people were doing it like that was a Joker thing to do, like very silly, but psychotic. And like, I want the clownfish to come back, you know, like I want to I want him to have a clown robot that goes around punching people. You know what I mean? Like, 
I want that Joker. Because what do you do is you have this clown robot, right? And you're just like, oh, look, funny clown. You have the clown grab him and just bash somebody's head in to like mush. Well, not only that, but like we talked about this as well. Like people don't necessarily like a funny Batman or like the the opportunities for Batman to be funny or have any one-liners are kind of cringe. But we've talked about like it depends on the scenario where his like dry humor is really good. I, I I need something from Batman. Like yeah. it has been way too serious, way too dark. Like there hasn't been these moments where I can be like, huh, that was a little funny. Like yeah. just a little small little chuckle from Batman or from us as a reader of Batman. Like yeah. I need there to be a refresher in the Bat verse in DC mm-hmm. Comics. And I think starting with a dramatic shift in the way people perceive Joker nowadays would be a start to that. Yeah, I think Joker still needs to go in the vault for five years um, and just not have any stories. Uh, But he makes money, and you're not going to throw away something that makes money. Um, Just quickly, for anybody that's not reading these Brave and the Bold stories, there was a story at the end of this that was called The Angel of Gotham. Um, I We don't even need to really talk about it. I would just suggest people to go read this because it is by Ed Brinson Bryson and George Fornes um, as the artist. It is just a good detective story, in my opinion. I don't know what you thought about it. Yes. I thought it was a good detective story. It didn't involve, like, a crazy murderer or, like, Two-Face. It was just a simple crime that was happening in Gotham. Like, it was just a random person. And they yeah. had ties to maybe, like, a penguin or other people when Batman was doing detective stuff. And you got to see a different side of Penguin, too, where he was like, I was trying to help that girl, like, genuinely. Like, I had bouncers follow her home. or Oh, no. Peng- like, they thought it was a bouncer that hurt this woman, and he was like, I already took care of him. And so he was all like, he was like, what are you going to do, Batman? He was like, you know. And so, like, Penguin was like, I already tried to. It, it shows that Penguin actually does care about people that work has for him. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he has some sort of moral line. Yeah. So he wasn't cool with women being beat. So he took care of it his way. And so like, I thought it was a uh, very cool that like this story is it centers around these people. There was a woman that was murdered in like an angel costume or she was, uh, I believe, yeah, she was killed in an angel costume. So there was a group of people that keep her memory alive by dressing up as this angel and like remembering all the lost cases in Gotham, like all yeah. the people that have been murdered and the things had never been solved. We've talked about how the one of the best things Snyder ever did was make the mystery black book or whatever, or the blue case book or whatever it was called. When he went to the mystery team, that should be a series on its own. Like that would be really awesome. But I've always thought like you could make an amazing series of Batman just trying to solve cold cases in Gotham. Like that would be a really cool series. And this is some story like that. And I'm just like, this is cool. We need more of this just simple one shot batman stories of him solving normal crime because we don't always need the joker we don't always need two-face there's other bad people in gotham that batman can catch you know what i mean yeah and you can take like even if you want to substitute batman and put the signal in this have these kind of stories with the signal you know um damien solving his own crimes by himself like there's so many opportunities to tell other stories that don't need a big bad and I wish DC would get over that. Like, oh, no, we need a big hero in this. It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. 
Um, so it is what it is. But I thought if you're going to pick up Brave and the Bold, don't pick it up necessarily for the King story. Pick it up for that ending story um, at the end of it. Um, going on from that one, let's go over to, uh, I mean, I guess let's go to Gotham War, Red Hood. <sighs> because, like, what's the point of Red Hood being on Catwoman's team? Like, I just don't uh, get it after this story. I don't understand it. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned in the uh, spoiler chat of mm-hmm. comics uh Jimenez mentioned one of the villains that are showing up in of course Batman we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. but we have another villain show up in here yeah and so this Gotham war is literally just gonna become a fight between Batman and the rogues that's what it's gonna come down to I can already see it it's just Batman versus the rogues he's yeah. gonna need the help of his entire bat family and that's how they're going to solve the Gotham War. Um, and it's the same shit, different title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so boring. <clears throat> but Red Hood's chasing Joker still. Yeah. Which I, okay, Rosenberg, mm-hmm. I need you to understand, Rosenberg. You've already had Red Hood find the Joker. Yeah. In the man who laughs yeah. book that you're writing that is so still what, going on that is still i didn't know this was an ongoing book uh, yeah i saw it and i was like i thought this shit ended yeah same Shocked. yeah insane that it's gone this long but this is a story about red hood training two lackeys that have mm. worked with scarecrow before yeah of course we've we found out that catwoman has been taking old henchmen of other big bads in Gotham and training them to be a part of her thieves guild. And uh, of course, Red Hood Jason Todd is doing a lot of these trainings, but we find out that the training is really for his own means to try to find the Joker. Because at Mm -hmm. one point, these two individuals, although they worked for Scarecrow recently, they have worked with Joker in the past. And it becomes this big drama thing. It kind of makes Red Hood and Catwoman butt heads. But, like, I just don't understand mm-hmm. why, like, this has almost nothing to do with the main story. But they threw yeah. it in here as, like, Gotham War. This is more so a push for Rosenberg's book than it yeah. is a push for Gotham War. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. Like, this is, it's funny. This is part of that conversation I was mentioning earlier with uh, that creator. I'm forgetting her name. Uh, she's on Hack and Slash. It's like Tenwood or something like that. I forget her name. Um but she in the manga thing, she had like she has her comments only only certain people can reply because I think people were giving her shit about something. I don't know. And she like made it. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, But not everybody can reply. But somebody was talking about how the reason why manga is better is because you pick up one issue. and You don't have to read any spinoffs. And with the comic industry is like, oh, where do you want me to start? And there's a bunch of spinoffs to promote other characters instead of the main story. And like, it's just 
it's you know a nauseating to just like have to buy so many side stories and then you get side stories like this that don't even matter and it's yeah. just like why you know and um the big thing that happens in this book is that like you know they get confronted by cops and red hood's all like yo stand down run away you're you're not gonna do anything like this and one of the guys goes crazy because he thinks it's scarecrow he thinks it's a scarecrow plant and he beats the shit out of a cop. And Red Hood's like, what are you doing? You know, we don't do that, yada, yada. And um, I think there's a, there's a cop get killed. Or the cop gets hit in the back of the head. And Red Hood, he's about to kill the cop. And Red yeah. Hood tackles him. And he starts beating the shit out of this other guy. And the other dude's like, yo, what are you doing? The other criminal. And he's all like, you guys are done. He's like, no more. You're not coming back. And then Selena's really mad and like, like, what are you doing? Yada, yada. And Red Hood's, she was like, I know you're just using us to get to Joker. Like, that's what you're doing. You're not trying to be with us or whatever. Which this is weird because this has to have happened before the last Batman issue because he was kidnapped in the last Batman issue. So this is pre that. Yeah. When he was training people. And then we find out that he goes back to his lair. He goes back to somewhere. He's searching for somebody. Or I think this was the guy that he beat up, right? Maybe this was the guy that beat up. They've been murdered. And it says, get your own toys, Red Hood. And it's because he used to work for Scarecrow. And so Scarecrow has killed this guy. He's the one leaving this message for uh, Red Hood. But Spoiler also showed up. So, and it's been kind of like said a while back that Spoiler and Red Hood kind of have this connection because they're like the two outcasts of the Bat family. Yeah. And so they have this connection with each other. But like, yeah, I don't, they're just telling another story within a story, which I know a lot of people like, but this doesn't benefit the story in any way. It's just adding Scarecrow to it. Yeah. And like, I don't care. And again, like, Red Hood, since his inception, is still chasing after Joker. And I don't get it. I don't know why it's still going on. He's, like, killed Penguin. How has he not been able to get near Joker first? Or he shot Penguin. He didn't die. But you know what I mean? I I don't know. Again, like, this is part of the conversation that I was kind of teasing towards. And, and mm-hmm. more so, we have even more to talk about with Red Hood in Batman 138. But, like, Jason Todd is still in a repetitive cycle. Always doing this, always doing that, doing the same things over and over and over again. Like, there is nothing new with Red Hood. And it's getting kind of boring. Yeah, I agree. I think he just needs to go full villain. But that's basically all it was, is now we have Scarecrow going after Red Hood. Which, it's weird that he's going after Red Hood when he could be going after Selena, who started the whole thing. But I guess because Red Hood beat the shit out of this guy, that's why he got the message sent to him. I don't really know. But it is what it is. Moving on to Penguin number two. Now, to be honest, this story can be summarized in Penguin gets the help to help him. But in the most sadistic way possible. So we find out the help is a lot older than we've ever than i assumed um but this is in current time so we'd assume so that means the help was probably like 50 or 60 when he was in killing time 
Yeah. Which is interesting because he's 85 in this book or no, he starts off as 85, but then he's 92. So he's been retired since 85. Yeah. So he's 92 years old in this book. I at first thought that was Penguin's age. I was like, no way the Penguin's like, that old. There's damn. no way. And so <laughs> Penguin shows up to the Help's Manor. And we, we learned that the Help got, you know, he did the killing. He did all of that stuff for a long time. And he finally retired. And he's been living life. And he has this big mansion with 28 servants. They really make sure to let you know about the 28 servants. Mm-hmm. And Penguin's all like, I need your help. And the Help's like, ha, I'm not going to help you. Because if anybody doesn't remember killing time, uh the help beat the shit out of penguin so people forget that and yeah. so like he was like i need to know what everybody's going after and you have that information penguin and beats the shit out of him so it's weird to see the penguin go back to him but penguin always knows he'll work with anybody that gets the job done so like yeah. that's he'll he'll let bygones be bygones whatever the help's like you came all this way i'm not gonna help you i'm done i'm retired and the penguin keeps saying this is not you this is not you and he's like, you don't know who I am. So, you know what? Hey, I'm going hunting tomorrow. You want to go hunting? There's a spare room. You know, Gustav here or whatever will help you find your room, all that kind of jazz. And every time a servant helps Penguin in this book, he asks him a question. He's all like, so are you the only one that works here? Like, how many people? He's like, oh, there's 28 servants to run the whole property. He's like, interesting. And then, um, you know, they go shoot some birds, which I knew that was going to be a problem. Because they're killing birds. And so Penguin, like we saw in the previous one, somebody messed with the bird. And he was like, oh, I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. And so I was like, he just killed a bird. Something crazy is going to happen. Um, then we see the help where he's like, this is not you. He keeps telling him that. And the help's like getting pissed. And he's like, bitch, you don't know me. And he pops him in the head with a gun. And so he breaks his nose for the quadrillion the time, apparently. Because the doctor's like, you always have this nose broken. You should like change it. And he's all like, no, I'm good. And again ask he's like so you work for you know the help the whole time and he's like yeah well he's not you know he's not a young man anymore he's got a lot of ailments and like i'm here to help him full time i was gonna retire but the money was good yada yada and penguin kills him immediately he chokes him out and he chokes him to death and he just keeps having these conversations with the help and he ends up drugging the help at some he's like the help's doing a fencing match we learn his crazy routine he does yeah. like fencing in the morning, then he goes for like a 30 mile run, and then he swims for like 20 miles or some shit. Like he's got this crazy regimen. I don't know how you do that in one day. That's why. Especially at 92 years old. Yeah. Granted, I have been seeing people that do keep their body in shape that are like in their 90s that are like insane. I'm like, how? I was like, I feel bad getting out of bed right now. I'm just like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the help is like, one of his butlers comes in. He's like, oh, the penguin's about to leave. And he was like, do you want to let me tell him goodbye for you? And he's like, no, no, I'll meet him. He meets him in the library, again, telling him, I need your help. And he's like, I'm not going to help you. Like, get over this. And we find out that he's something's got put in the wine that he doesn't know about yet. Penguin kills his butler right in front of him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And then the help starts, like, realizing. He's like, oh, what's going on with me? He's been drugged. I've been poisoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was like, how did you do this? And he's all like, I paid somebody that doesn't have that much loyalty to you. And so he paid one of the helpers to actually make this happen. And that might have been the one that he just killed, which I think was funny. Um, and then this is what happens is as the as the help is like going in and out of consciousness, he's being talked to or he's like talking himself or whatever. And then he wakes up to all of his 28 servants dead. Yeah, he's he, uh, it's it's not that he is 
uh, talking to himself. It's Penguin that's talking to him this entire time. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That makes sense. And when the poison finally, like, because even Penguin says near the end, he's like, like, you've built up an immunity to this. I made sure that it wasn't so strong. You should be good now. And it does a wide panel shot of the entire library. And every single butler or help that the help has is dead in the room absolutely crazy i love how this ends because uh when this happens penguin's like so i need your help (laughs) and basically forcing the hand of uh the help and the last panel is him about to like knock him out or something and beats the shit out of him the next thing you see is penguin getting out of this car and lo and behold it's the help that is pulling out the umbrella helping him out of the car and basically penguin got what he wanted yeah yeah so there's this great panel progression where the penguin says while he's about to beat him he's like you lounged back in your comfy manner sipping your ancient brandy and you you of all people let others serve you and that is not you you are not to be served you are a servant and i was like god damn no, I, I love the, the next the next wording oh, yeah. though. It says uh it says you are not to be served, you are the servant, you are not to be helped, you are the help. Yeah. It great, great use of like panel progression, dialogue, like you don't need to say a lot to say everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I I thought that was awesome. And then yeah, like you mentioned, we see Penguin getting into the car. This is an amazing Batman story. Uh, granted, Batman Universe story in the Penguin. We are seeing a violent side of Penguin we've never seen before that we knew was always there, but like we're finally seeing it, and I, I enjoy it. I'm going to put a tinfoil hat on, mm-hmm. and I know that Juice may get a uh, a, a, a hate boner and a love, bo- a love boner for this, but... What if they chose Tom King to do this penguin story mm-hmm. to revamp penguin into this ultimate criminal mastermind again and for King to take over Batman with penguin as like the big story villain Wait what so you're saying take over the so, main so Batman story Ch- So Chip will get off the book Tom mm-hmm. King will be replacing him and instead of you know continuing the story that chip is doing Mm -hmm. chip gets to end his story and then penguin comes in with tom king as the head writer of batman uh i mean i'll do anything i'm any tom king batman i'll I'll read it besides you know the joker story but i mean anything that gets zadarsky off the book i'm down for so (laughs) i mean I, i say can it get worse but it's only gotten worse every writer you know what i mean so uh i can't really say that they could replace him with somebody worse who knows but i mean i i'm enjoying the story i think the story is awesome there is just such a vast difference between what we are reading in penguin compared Mm -hmm. to what we are reading in batman you know uh like even the setup like the setup 
was nice with Howard and Chip and in, in that uh backup story. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you know, we questioned it at first, like, oh, Penguin is alive and and Batman didn't, you know, question to, you know, see if it was falsified or anything else like that. Um but King has turned it around. Yeah. And he has made a real story out of this and I really really enjoy it. Yeah, creative writers know how to write creatively, you know, with what they're given. I've always said the best writers can turn shit into fucking, you know, silver. Um, so it's just like, I I think that's just where King shines. Uh, but moving on to the next book, because those are all of last week's books. So we're moving on to this week's books. Uh, I didn't really read this one too much, Clay. Um, I just skimmed it and it was The Birds of Prey. Did you read this one? No, I didn't because I okay. fell asleep reading it. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Last um, night I I started reading it at like 3 a.m. Um, and I think I only skimmed yeah. the first one. So I need to go back and read the first one fully and I'll, I'll read this one. Um it well, looks... the first one was just all the introductions. Like, so yeah, it yeah. wasn't really anything there. And they were gonna go, we found out they were gonna go to Themyscira to get Black uh Black Canary's sister back. That's all the first issue was. Um, this one's like, I I skimmed it too. It was really late. And I was just like, I didn't really care for it too much to begin with. But I will say they do some creative things in the book to where characters are breaking out of panels, but they turn to like x-ray vision, which is really weird. So yeah. like the whole book has this weird tint around it. And they're it's because they're in the, the House of Horrors or what is it called? The uh, House yeah. of Mysteries or whatever. Yeah, there's two they're, of them. The House of Mysteries yeah. and the House of Horrors, yeah. So they're like going through all of this weird crap. So the book visually is very interesting, but I just didn't care about like what's going on. I'm not super invested in this story, although it sounds interesting, but I just wasn't feeling it when I, when I needed to read this. And um, we have a lot less time to read these books nowadays. So I was just kind of like, uh, one got sacrificed and it was this book. But, I mean, it looked cool. King, uh, King Shark makes an appearance at the end. Um, and I really awesome. love, I, I really enjoy the art on this. So I do want to yeah. catch up on this. I really love the writer, uh, Kelly Thompson, of course, uh, more famously known for her Captain Marvel run over at Marvel. Um, I think she could do some great things with these group of characters. So I do want to give it a shot. It's just, like you said, we have very little time to uh, to prep on these books nowadays. So it's getting a little harder to, to catch up on the reading. I will yeah. say, though, have you been seeing the books that the book that has been advertised at the very end of each of these stories? The Sergeant Rock one or the, the Godzilla? The Sandman one. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, I've seen it's that. It's Riley Rosmo. But this actually looks good. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, right. Yeah, they're showing it at the end of the book. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah, no, Riley Rosmo with the like spooky season Halloween themed horror themed is always good. Like, yeah, I think that's where they should stay. And like, I might actually give this book a shot. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. Um, and we always said that they are more of a genre type of artist, in my opinion. Yeah, But moving on to, let's do Strange Adventures, because I feel like we have way more to talk about when it comes to Batman than Strange Adventures. But uh, last time we were in Strange Adventures, uh, Batman and the gang were... The Adventures continues, not Strange Adventures. Adventures continues. My bad, my bad. Uh, Adventures continues. Batman and the gang, which is Robin, Tim Drake, Robin, uh, Selina Kyle, Catwoman, and Talia Al Ghul were being attacked by Court of Owl dogs. 
Um, so what did you think of this book, Clay? This one, I did enjoy this one. Uh, we found out the reason why uh, a lot of the crime has gone down in this. We finally got the answer to that. Yeah. Um, I do like, like, they, they get away from all the dogs. There is something called the Red Rang. The, yeah, the battering it was a little silly um it's basically like a bomb battering yeah where uh they uh he blows up a wall mm. and the water comes flushing through and <laughs> both of the women grab on to bruce yeah <laughs> and tim drinks on the side he's like you know one of y'all could have come with me like, yeah that like... was funny you couldn't you didn't have to do that to Bruce. Yeah. Um, but they're they're walking through these caves and they end up finding uh Langstrom, uh yeah. Manbat. And they're like, Okay, well, you clearly got away. Like, where is this hideout? Where where's where the rest of the Court of Owls? Um he's like, I, I need my medication, I need to be the man bat. Bruce shows yeah. him, he's like, I have this, but you're not gonna get it. You're gonna help us first. Mm-hmm. Um they end up finding the headquarters uh and every single villain you see uh lockup you see uh riddler, riddler freaking uh Mad Hatter, Layface, like so many of these characters yeah. in these cells and we find out that it wasn't just the court of owls but it was in fact Raz al Ghul. Yep. Raish yep. is there. Um, and of course, we knew, like, okay, there has to be something that Raish is planning. Uh, yeah. he, he couldn't have gone completely clean and whatnot. Um, and this is ultimately a way for him to be like, okay, Batman, I've done everything that you couldn't do. Yeah. And now you no longer need to be Batman. Like, yeah, you can finally be the demon head. We can clean history, we can save the planet. Let's do it now. And Batman's like, no, (laughs) like this this is not going to work. And I've actually had somebody look into your wheat and your whole plan for this uh, and come to find out that, you know, there's there's some things that happen when you consume this plant. And we see that a prior conversation that was had off panel Mm-hmm. With uh, Poison Ivy and Batman, we finally see that conversation, which is uh, we see Harley baking with the plant. Mm. And uh, Poison Ivy says that when you finally, like she says here, uh, the plant is uh, is engineered to mutate after the fifth generation seed. At the point, it will produce a chemical design to alter the human genome. The end result will will be one I'm intimately familiar with. Mm-hmm. Intimately familiar with. Uh, and basically, it's making all men, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, sterile. Sterile. Yeah. So the human race will be gone after mm-hmm. a certain amount of people eat this plant. And... Talia is disgusted by this. It's like, how could you do this? Like, why? Why would you ever do this? And he's like, ah, like, like people won't die immediately. Like the yeah. human race won't just disappear forever. 
it'll take a while, but you know, I I'm here to play the long game basically. Yeah. And uh a whole fight breaks loose, Langstrom is able to uh take the medication from Batman, turn into Man Bat. Again, a whole fight. They let loose all of the villains and yeah, they Catwoman does help, that. Uh, yeah. Catwoman does and helps uh make this fight even larger. Um, I like the the dialogue with Mad Hatter and what's her name with the bunny ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad Hatter's like, normally I use my control cards to get into uh, adversaries' heads, and then like they blow off the heads yeah. of talons. Yeah, like I I love the humor. Like we said, the dry humor of uh, the Batman the animated series is great, and so I, I really do love that. Yeah. Um, but it ultimately comes down to. Uh, Ra's al Ghul, you know, trying to fight Batman. Batman kind of refusing to do it. And Rach is like, you know, I'm just going to go into the pit again, mm-hmm. become young, and, and and do this all over again. But we do know that the pits have been killing him. Yeah. And so when he goes into this one last time, it does look like this may be, in fact, the final time for yeah. Rach to, to use the pit, and he dies. Yeah, we do. They kind of leave it open to where Talia disappeared, and so did Raish's body. So we don't know what that's going to be. Uh, Selena gives a little smooch to Robin after they're done on the cheek, and he's like, huh? And uh, she tells Batman, she's like, uh, you know, if you want to hunt me when you're alone next time, that'd be perfect. And so, yeah. And then, you know, uh, Man Bat flew away. So Robin's all like, I heard, you know, Langstrom went this way if you want to go do this. And he's like, yeah, let's go. And then they speed off in the Batmobile. Um, one thing that Rage did say, though, to kind of put in that authoritarian type of dictatorship kind of vibe, he uh, did say that Talia and the people she chooses would get the non, like the normal wheat, essentially, that doesn't sterilize you. So yeah. she could pick and her and Bruce could pick and choose who lives and dies, essentially, which that's AKA never the wants. birth of Damien. Yeah. So um, pretty, pretty crazy shit. Uh, Adventures Continues is arguably one of the best Batman series just because it continues the show, but it's consistent. Like yeah. it's so consistent. Granted, I would prefer to go back to the old Catwoman style, not this weird you know, one, but it's adventures. So, you know, that's a, was a different cartoon series, um, but still same actors and everything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So adventures continues really awesome. Um, a lot of race lately, uh, which we're going to find out in the new Batman, which is our last book of the um, week. And man, I think this is the one uh, Drew was talking about that this is why Chip Zdarsky needs to go. There was some dialogue in here and just the shit Batman did that I was like, I know Batman's done some fucked up things before. I just feel like that's all been retconned or re- like changed up. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because here's the thing. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but I feel like this was done to Batman 2 essentially in that one book where they wiped his mind remember oh yeah, yeah. same vibe but yeah. anyways going from here we get a history lesson about vandal savage yeah. where you know he became immortal because of these you know these meteors that fell and he knew that it was something special so he killed other people that were around him to kind of keep this immortality then he was talking to Ra's al ghul well this is where we see naked Ra's coming out of the lazarus pit and he's all like 
why do you use this like Lazarus pit? It's got diminishing returns or whatever. And he's all like, unlike you, I don't think we should live forever. You know what I mean? But like, you know, this is only everlasting or like whatever. He doesn't think people should be immortal. And um, he was like, but I see that you're getting weaker, Savage. You're not how you used to be. He's like, I could let you use my pit, but I really don't want to, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. And then we see a Red Hood. Red Hood's like panicking. He's all like, yo, what's going on? And this is where Batman is all like, it's your body getting used to it. He's like, is this fear gas? He's like, no. Years ago, I created my backup personality, Zer. And you know what? This is why Zer and Raw sucks. Nobody calls him Zer and Raw because it's so long and such a stupid name that they have to yeah. shorten it to call him Zer. And uh, he's like, using techniques I learned from an old mentor and this machine that I built. And he essentially says, he's like, I built your fail safe. And I was just like, huh? And essentially, he has basically given red hood panic attacks so he doesn't do anything bad this i don't know how i feel about this Mm -hmm. um because red hood has essentially become absolutely useless yeah because at what point does Batman get to decide how a neural like chemical within somebody's brain can mm-hmm. register what is good and bad when these yeah. people literally beat the shit out of bad people? Mm-hmm. Like you can arguably, and I know this conversation has gone out of proportion in some lights and the internet, but like at what point can you justify beating the shit out of somebody when you know that within itself is bad? Like, yeah, where does the line get crossed with Red Hood's new symptoms of panic attacks? Yeah. And the reason Batman does this, he's like, you're dangerous. You're a murderer. And I like that he says, like, you're a murderer. You should be in jail. Like, you should be in prison for what you've done. But this gives you a shot at a new life. I'm saving you from going to prison. You can, you know, have a new I create a new identity for you, all this stuff. You can go live in Metropolis, find a you know wife and get married and do all that kind of stuff. He's like, but every time you think about doing something bad, you're going to get these panic attacks. You're going to get this fear. And as somebody who suffers from panic attacks, like I related to that and it really sucks. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. But like the thing that here's what sucks when Batman does these kind of things. Why did he never do it to villains? Like if you have this technology, why use it on your family and not villains that are actually killing people all the time? Yeah. So it just, he, you know, Zdarsky thinks he's doing something here, but he just adds so many more questions. Now, granted, has this happened before with Batman? I'm pretty sure he has a bunch of technology that could do this. But the reason why he doesn't use it on villains is because there's got to be consent there, right? Like, granted, like Batman will do anything to himself. He'll use things on his own body, but he doesn't usually do that to other people because he knows that that's unethical. Um, granted, again, we get into that argument of like, well, he's beating the shit out of people all the time. Yes, I know. He's a vigilante. He's not a good guy. Yeah. Although he does did, does it for the good. Um, but yeah, Red Hood here is going like crazy or whatever. Then we find out that Batman has a secret hideaway and that's where they're at right now. And the only person that knows about it is Dick Grayson because it is Batman's first home 
that he lived in with his parents when because his dad was going to medical school and that's where they wanted to live uh, to be closer to medical school. And so, um, you know, Batman turns this into a safe house. And Dick Grayson is the contingency plan. If Batman were to ever go rogue or go something crazy, he goes here to shut it all down. And we're having this conversation. And as, you know, uh, Dick Grayson's going to shut down this whole server that connects Batman to everything, which is like GPS, all that kind of jazz. He's having this conversation with Barbara. And then Damien shows up. And he's all like, you're part of the problem, Grayson. You are the one that should be uh, on Batman's side, but you're betraying him. And he's like, no, I'm trying to save him because he's not himself. And he's all like, no, like you guys are working with the criminals. You are a criminal. And so, you know, we get a fight between Robin and Dick Grayson. And he's he's like, I need some help. Like, he's like, Barbara's like, I already sent him. And then we see Tim Drake show up to fight uh, Damien. And, um, you know, he's going to distract him and fight him. And he's like, look, dude, we're going to save your dad. All this kind of jazz. And, you know, Nightwing goes to do his thing. Then we uh, we zoom over to Catwoman because she's really worried that she hasn't found Jason. And we see Eco and we see, you know, Tom Cat and all of these other people. Granted, uh, all the art in this book is amazing, by the way. It looks great. I Catwoman do want to cool. point out something that... <laughs> That Raphael pointed out. Uh-huh. It's been a long conversation about George Jimenez and the way he draws Catwoman. Uh, yeah. Catwoman is just posing, yeah, at all times in random like parts of this book. Yeah, and I just like I never noticed it until after he pointed it out again, especially with this book. Like, there's the whole thing with putting on the mask. That's an action shot. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But when she's talking to Marquise, she, like, is is posing in a way like her hip is kind of jointed out and is just, like, doing this pose. And I'm just like, why are you standing like that? Like, yeah. there's no reason for it. But you're just doing it just because. And it's more so for Jimenez to put some definition into the character. I understand yeah. that. But it's just, like, it's a little bit unnecessary right now. Yeah, you can have her lean against a desk. You can have her do like different stuff like that. But yeah, she is always kind of just posing, which is funny. But she's talking. She's like, I got to find Jason or whatever. She's like, no, uh, Marquise is like, you got to go stop Batman because he's unstoppable. You know that nobody beats Batman. You're the only one that can bring him down from, you know, this height that he's currently at. He's like, I will find Red Hood. My team will get this going and we'll save all the thieves as well. And she's like, fine, I'll go talk to him. Then we find out that Red Hood is shutting Batman out of the whole system. And he goes back to the old like oath that they took a long time ago. And Batman's all like, you broke that oath. You're allowing criminals to be on the street. And he's like, you kidnapped Jason. And he's like, where does that fall in your damn oath? And he's like, I vow to help you better than anyone. Uh, wait. I vow to help. That's basically Batman's like, that's where it falls in the oath, you bitch. Like, learn more. And uh, so, you know, they're they're going to about to fight. We find out Batman's working with Riddler. And, you know, Nightwing's like, what the, what the fuck? Like, you're working with criminals too? And he's like, he's feeding me information. That's different. <laughs> Very much like a parent would be, right? Like, it's different if I do it, okay? Yeah. Um. So, you know, Nightwing and Batman try to fight. Batman knocks the shit out of Nightwing here uh, with the big old pow. Uh, George Jimenez 
made a meme of this and he was like nightwing just never learns because it was a classic batman batman slapping robin yeah he was like he still hasn't learned in all these years and um we get batman gets knocked out of a window by nightwing because he shoots him with a grappling hook in the back of his head and he flies out of a window uh damien has actually been beaten by drake which is interesting I wouldn't so, say beaten. I would say he was he was detained. Um, yeah. At one point, uh, Tim Drake kind of throws Damien into a parking meter and then mm-hmm. just like handcuffs him around it. Yeah. But Damien's hands are wide enough. He could literally just put. Yeah. Take it off of the parking meter. Like, well, that's what I did. To be fair, the parking meter is an L meter, like a 90 degree meter. So, like, if you look at it, it actually goes into a wall. Like, it's it's bending. Oh, That's why. okay, okay, okay. That's yeah, why. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, But Tim? he does have enough slack to break it, I think. Like, yeah. if he wanted to, like, really push on it and break them. Because I'm pretty sure he's learned how to break cups, you know? Yeah. Um, But I did like that Tim Drake was all like, I know I can't beat you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it not fair. And yeah. he shocks him. And that's how he's able to handcuff him. Then, uh, you know, Nightwing is beating up Batman. He is like, I'm not letting you do this. Um, look, I love Batman doing a bunch of things. But he literally hits Nightwing with a door, a car door. Batman. No, and it's not like he opens the door to slam it into Nightwing's face. Yeah, Batman no. literally grabs it with one hand, rips mm-hmm. the car door off of its hinges and slaps Nightwing with it. Yeah. This is something Superman can do. Okay. To be fair, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. Is this his robotic hand? To be fair, like if we're, if I know we, we like to nitpick and make things make sense, but if this is the robotic hand, you can put it up to that. If it has like super strength on it or whatever. You know what I mean? I just don't remember which hand got it cut off. Would the be, right hand? I think it is the right hand. So it would be the right hand. Yes. But the way it's drawn when he's hitting him with the thing is his left hand. So, but it, is it? but when, cause like, look at the red panel, the red panel where he's getting quattroed, like yeah. he's hitting him with his left hand. It, I would think that's his left hand. You oh, know? cause it's, it's, it's making it look like he's slamming yeah. it upward. Upward. So. Oh, that's true. I think this might it may be have been just mistake. like a, 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 yeah. a an artist error at that point. Yeah, because the right hand does look like it's what grabs the door. Yeah, and if his right hand is what got chopped off, that makes sense that he can rip it off the hinges. But I don't think he would switch hands. So I think it's just a weird artist thing that happened. Um, but anyways, um, so we see Drake like capture. They both capture Batman, and he's all like, you know, we're not going to kill you, or or what did he say? He's like. Uh, stop me uh, is uh, stopping me is going to get people killed is what Batman says. And um, and he's like, we're just trying to keep you from going into the darkness. Batman still doesn't have his arms here. He's like caught up and still beating the shit out of these guys. Um, and, you know, they they shut him off from everything. Uh, Nightwing punches Batman. It's a big action scene that's happening here. But Batman is still able to escape. And he ends up capturing both of them. And he's all like y'all can go to jail and everybody's like whoa what the hell everybody's just like confused right and then you start to see zur and ross starts talking here he's like do it they're you're holding back 
and he lets him go. The sirens are coming because, you know, they're still vigilantes. So, like, if they get caught, like, they're going to go to jail, right? And they're caught in this net. And he's like, I don't have any way to break out of this. Like, what are we going to do? And there's this moment of Bruce. You can tell it's Bruce where Zerman and Ross telling him, like, leave him. Like, let him go. Like, you're, you're just Batman. They're holding you back. He throws a battering down so they can cut themselves out. And, you know, they get away. And um, Damien is like, father left me. Like, he didn't even try to save me. Like, what the hell? So that's more rift between Damien and Bruce there. Which, where does this fall with the Batman and Robin story that's being told? Yeah, you know? like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, this is the problem that we've had with Batman overall. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had this issue with Batman for a very long time. We've talked about how uh, in the very beginning of Rebirth, Jeff Johns was having writers actually meet up for uh, for writing conventions and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of getting people of the Bat family to writers of the Bat family to converse and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. What are you doing? And making things coherent. Whereas things aren't like that here. Yeah. The other bat stories and bat family stories are completely and vastly different from everything that's going on in the main title of Batman. Mm -hmm. And I still see that as an issue. Like, I understand that I'm having a fun time with Tom Taylor's Nightwing. Yeah. But if there was something that tied it into Batman, I could probably understand the Batman story maybe a little bit more from a different perspective of a different writer. Yeah. Like it would help, but it nothing is, is helping this main storyline. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't like that. And of course we have never been a fan of the, uh, breaking the family apart ordeal. Yeah. And chip is doing everything he can to, make it to where the bat family is not a family yeah and it's just really weird too that like again nightwing joined up on catwoman's side immediately which is really weird but in the previous catwoman issue it seemed like he was trying to be a neutral party yeah it it doesn't make any sense and like but here he's agreeing with catwoman because he's like she's saving lives or whatever and i'm just like this doesn't feel like these characters and it's just really weird um, and then, you know, Ms. uh, Marquise or whatever finds, uh, you know, Red Hood and he's all like, I can't do anything. I'm like scared now. And she's like, well, you're useless to me then. Cause I need warriors. And then what ends up happening is Batman is like, he's, he's going to crime alley. He's like, oh, I'm losing the promise I made. He sees, um, you know, he's looking down on his, where his family died and he sees himself, but then it turns into, um, Zuran Ra and he's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, um, I'm le- like, they're letting Joe chills of the world, um, do what they want. And he's basically saying he just doesn't agree with Catwoman. And then he's like crying essentially, you know, um, I, I, I said this on Twitter, but anybody that was bitching about Tom King saying and saying like, Oh, he made Batman emo. You better hate this Zadarsky run. Cause yeah. Zadarsky has made Batman cry so many times already. And, like, granted, I'm totally cool with men crying and stuff like that, but this Batman cries a lot. Like, it's like he never, it just doesn't seem like Batman. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, he's having a mental breakdown, man. Like, that's what you should understand. Um, according to Zdarsky's writing, 
this Zuran Ra problem was fixed. So I don't know. He never told that story properly. That's on him. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Catwoman shows up in her pose again, definitely putting that booty sideways. Um, and like, you know, she's like, we need to talk. And then we find out more about uh, Vandal Savage, which, um, you know, we find out that he, he's getting weaker because Rachel Ghoul has found the meteors and he's been putting them far apart, which makes his immortality like worse. And it's because Rache doesn't believe that people should live forever. And so he needs to end Vandal Savage, essentially. Then it gets really weird. Because Mystique, or Marquise, shows up and he's like, I can help you, father. Like, I, you need this emerald or whatever, or whatever the hell she has. And you need a, you need a league. And she's like, and these are the best ones created by Catwoman. And I'm so confused here. Because... Yeah. She hated him in a previous issue. She was like, I don't want anything to do with you, but I'll I'll help you do whatever. But now she's like, oh, let me save my father. And I need warriors. Like, I'm just so confused on her motive because I thought she didn't want anything to do with him. But now she's saving his life. Yeah, I. it's very inconsistent. And to the point where it now looks like she is like Vando's lieutenant. And like yeah. they're gonna start like an army and something like I, I, it's very confusing. Yeah. So basically, we got another League of Shadows added to the Court of Owls and added to all these other things that we got. Um, we have this new Vandal Savage League. By the way, I literally laughed at her real name. I could not believe it because she's talking to um, she's talking to to freaking Red Hood. We've kind of glossed over this. She offers him immortality. And he's like, a life, I'll offer you immortality. It's a life with the the length needed to get it right. He's like, my my real name is Scandal, Scandal Savage. Savage. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think Zadarsky is a plant to ruin DC Comics. I think Marvel was like, look, we got a, a fucking co-op mission for you. We need you to go ruin their main player in Batman so nobody cares about it. Do some dumb shit and like make up some weird names, do all this kind of stuff. Because this is just silly. Like, I, I know Zadarsky's a silly guy. Like, that's the personality he puts out there. You could be a silly guy and not make silly writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Scandal Savage? Really? Is this a third grader writing this book? It's rough. Like I don't, I don't get it, man. Um, Zdarsky, I'd rather write, read Tynan's Batman. To be honest, I think there was at least better characters and a better kind of cohesive story. Um, yeah, I still didn't like it, but at least there was something there. There was a well-written Harley. That was nice. At, at, at least there was one plot point that stayed consistent. Yes. This is very much bouncing around and becoming something that is going to be unraveled very, very quickly. Yeah. In my mind. I just don't like that. I mean, you called it out earlier that it looks like they're going to end up fighting all the rogues. We've seen that they're hinting at that. I just don't like that. That's what it's going to become. You had the family go to war to just end up fighting a bunch of baddies again. 
Why is that the most generic story ever? We're going to have the good guys fight, but then there's going to be a really bad, bad guy, and they're going to have to come back together to fight the bad, bad guy. It's a very cliche way of doing things, and it's like the problem is Chip Zdarsky's writing has become so bad it's become predictable, and that's a problem. Yeah. Yep. He has been just regurgitating stories. He is relying heavily on a character that I think is genuinely silly in Zuren Ra. And he's trying to make it something where he's losing his mind. And yeah. I guess, I don't know, was Daredevil losing his mind too? Is this the same story? Is he just regurgitating that? In some capacity, um, the rest of the like grounded heroes and even some of the big players were going after batman i mean mm -hmm. after daredevil um because of the uh murder of of a civilian and things like that and it got to a point where like there was a war uh of between kingpin and daredevil where kingpin got a whole lot of villains daredevil got a whole lot of heroes and yeah. they had an all-out war in the streets of new york uh, like what they call the daredevil war or what is it? What is it? Hell Kitchen War? Yeah, it, it it's it just it's becoming a problem. Yeah. Uh, and I like I understand that people say, oh, well, there's there's not an original thought under the sun anymore. Like everybody has to be inspired by something. Mm -hmm. It's OK to be inspired by something. Yeah. But the whole point of being a creative writer is to create, not mimic. Yeah. Exactly. And the problem is, too, a lot of people are going to be like, why are you so mad at the, the style of story? Like, everybody does that. Everybody might do the same style of story. Because if I'm not mistaken, there's only like 37 different types of stories you can tell, right? Or something like that. Like, I think somebody has literally went through and, uh, like, pinpointed every story that can be told. There's, like, the revenge story. There's the, you know, overcoming story. Your protagonist does this. Like, there's literally, like, not there's less than like 50 i think types of stories you can tell i want to say it's like 30 something but anyways like everybody's be like oh yeah well the the bad guys fighting each other becoming and then fighting a, a worse person that's like a good story like that people do all the time but it's when it's done so much you need to do it in a good way right like there needs to be a reason for you to care for those characters if you're going to use a generic story you need to make me care for those characters a lot more if you're going to use something you've already done before, right? Look at anime. Like I said, anime tells the same story in Shonen all yeah. the time. But if you make me like that character, I don't care about the story. You know what I mean? So that's where making really good characters matters. Like I just said earlier in the podcast, the Jujutsu Kaisen movie, that character is way better than the characters in the seasons. And I'm like, that he should be the main character of the show because that dude was awesome. He had a good story. And it was the same generic thing. Tragic story makes the hero. He's really weak, overcomes the weakness, becomes super strong, saves the day. I was like, I've I've seen that story a billion times, but they just made it interesting. And that's yeah. just all you need to do. It's like it doesn't matter. And so, like, if you cannot make Batman interesting. Maybe you're not that good of a writer, in my yeah. opinion. And here's the thing. I think we've read stuff from Zadarsky that we enjoy. Daredevil was good. The problem yeah. is, 
I haven't read one Batman story from Zdarsky that I liked. His it, his it, uh, what was the the before Bruce Wayne or whatever the hell that story was? Oh, Shit, uh, the was it the Gotham Knight or something like, or something that. like that? Shit story. The Did things that yeah Bruce would called. never do. Uh, also the Red Hood story. He's telling the Red Hood story again of like wanting to kill like his his magical thing is to kill joker oh uh smiley mr smiley or whatever it was called like i just had not read a good zadarsky book and you know my intuition was right i was like i haven't read anything good from him so his batman run's gonna scare me and it hasn't been good and it's just getting worse which is crazy um so i think dc really needs to be like they need to go back to exclusive contracts at least for batman and yeah. they need to be like, you can only write Batman. That's it. You can't do independent shit. You can't do, you're only writing Batman. Because their stories have been shit. I would love to know the sales. Granted, we know Batman sells no matter what. But like, is he breaking 100,000? I'm curious. I you don't know? think so. Because like. I'll have to do some research on that. Yeah. Because if you're, it, you know, again, if if sales matter. King was hidden over a hundred thousand for fifty plus issues, so you know. Um, but I don't know. And look at King still knocking it out of the park. Wonder Woman sold out. They're doing the Jim Lee second printing cover. Like, so I don't know, man. I I just think it's. I, I agree with that fan that we talked about a while back that says we have we've been through like seven writers and they've all been shit since Tom King's been on the book. Um, yeah. Because nobody's adding thing, anything to the character. Like they're not they're not doing anything to make him cooler. Again, give me Collins and uh, what the fuck's his other name? Ferguson or what'd you say his last name was? Lansing. Lansing. Lansing and Collins. Bring them on. Make them the new Batman writers because I feel like they would take Batman in a way that, you know, would add at least something to Gotham. Or you know what? You know what you do? You start telling the damn story of how Batman Beyond's being built. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. you start laying the groundwork of why they start building over Gotham. You know what I mean? Because you know what we haven't had in a long time? And maybe they've tried to do this or they, I don't know, maybe I've just, I've kind of ignored it. We haven't had something that's like catastrophic to the DC universe that changes the landscape like No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. Or like to Gotham, I should say. Because everybody does these little wars and then Gotham's not affected. But give me something where Gotham's actually like destroyed. You know what I mean? Nuke gets dropped on it or something. Like, then what does Batman do in a wasteland? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give me something different. Like, I don't know, man. Um, it is kind of crazy. It'll also be a reason why they build on top of Gotham. Uh, they just build on the ruins. But yeah, that's uh kind of all we got, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that is for that is it for this week's podcast. Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? Uh, this week over at Star Wars Alliance, we reviewed the finale of the first season of Ahsoka. There has been talks of a season two that has not been greenlit yet. So hopefully there is a second season there. But go check that out. We also have a novel review called Crimson Climb about the character Kira that was uh, introduced in the Star Wars solo movie. Uh, so go check that out as well. Noise, noise. I, uh, if you're in Discord, I am having a countdown to me getting to the new channel launched. I was writing a TikTok video that I have some opinions on. 
uh, last night, and I'm uh, slowly going on with that. I have also cut back on streaming. Uh, streams are, you know, available to be canceled every time. So uh, I am kind of just really gearing towards the new channel right now. So that's all I'm up to. But uh, follow us on social medias, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz. But uh, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. And remember, Batman is awesome. Batman!